And let's pray. Father, open my mouth that I might speak in a way that makes clear what you have to say to each of us this morning and open our hearts that we might receive from you the word we need to live and know you and and to uh, live as pleases you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a sermon about crying out to God day and night. John Calvin, the uh, Reformation theologian, wrote this quite memorable, I think, uh, word about prayer. He says, we dig up by prayer the treasures that were pointed out by the Lord's gospel and which our faith has gazed upon. It's an interesting kind of way of thinking about prayer that we, we dig up by prayer. The treasures that were pointed out by the Lord's gospel, which are unseen as yet, only our faith has gazed upon them. Yet when we pray for the things that God has promised, we work hard and eventually they are unearthed to our experience, not just our faith. Well, today, I think in the parable that we've had from Luke's gospel, the Lord is pointing out treasures in his gospel and our faith may gaze upon them as we reflect on the scripture But the challenge is for us then to go away and dig up those treasures as we need them by our faithful prayers. The treasure that's pointed out is this, that the church's persistence in prayer will win justice from a sympathetic and willing God. The church's persistence in prayer will win justice from a sympathetic and willing God. Chapter 18, verse 7 of Luke's Gospel. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? That This parable, the parable of the unjust judge, is a parable of contrast. If the widow's persistence will win justice from an unjust judge, well, and how much more will the church's persistence win justice from her just and loving God? That's the heart of the parable. Let's go over it slightly more slowly than that in two points. Firstly, God's chosen people in the world are like a widow being denied justice. I don't know if you think about being a Christian, being part of Christ's church as being like a widow being denied justice, but this is the equivalence, the connection being drawn in the parable, Jesus connects the widow with his chosen ones, his church, his people. And a widow, certainly the widow in this parable, is not in a strong position in the world. She has no husband, which in and of itself means a kind of big gap in the family structure. It's a disadvantage. She's perhaps a single mum and she is trying to keep everything in her family going. And she, on top of all that, has an adversary, someone who is perhaps making some kind of claim on her and her money and her scant resources. And she has no public defender, no lawyer. She has to go and speak for herself. Go to the judge and say, grant me justice against my adversary. And a person like this needs a judge who is going to defend the weak against the strong. Someone who fears God and who can be shamed before others if necessary, who has a sensitivity and a conscience. But her judge... Her judge is not like that. Verse 2, he neither fears God nor cares what people thought. And so this woman is really up against it. 
It seems like a bit of a hopeless case. All she has is this kind of pester power, the power of irritation, the power of turning up every day and keeping on making her plea. Now, likewise, God's people in the world often seem weak, small in number, lacking in influence, outsiders in many ways to society and vulnerable to enemies. Now, here in Perth, Australia, we uh, have it pretty good on this score that we live in a culture that has a great long Christian history and great long Christian cultural influence. And there is still broad Christian identification, even though, as we all know from the census data, that is dropping rapidly. But we belong to a people for whom things are very bad elsewhere. We have it quite easy. Let me read to you some of the Barnabas Fund prayer points for this week and next week. Barnabas Fund is an organisation that seeks to advocate for and help Christians who are hard put in other parts of the world. This is Wednesday the 19th, last Wednesday. Lift up before the Lord a Christian family in Mardin province, Turkey, who was subjected to an unprovoked attack on the day Sunday worship was conducted in a newly refurbished church building in their village. The Yilmaz family are the only Assyrians in their village and were hosting visiting church ministers who were leading worship in the church for the first time in nearly a century. What a wonderful day that was supposed to be. What happened? Around 500 Muslim extremists led by a local Muslim family attacked the family home with stones, sticks and other weapons as well as setting fire to crops. Thankfully there were no injuries and the service went ahead as planned. Give thanks for the reopening of the historic church and pray for the safety of the Yilmaz family. Or we move to Tajikistan. The government of Tajikistan, this is uh, tomorrow's prayer point, uh, has said that it will not register any more churches, although it has not announced any reason behind its decision. The announcement confirms what has been the practice in the Muslim-majority Central Asian country where no new church has been registered in the last 10 years. We are sad that we are not allowed to open new churches and are banned from sharing our faith, said one church leader. The government also reiterated that children under the age of 18 are not permitted to attend church services. Pray that the Lord will sustain and encourage Christians and others in Tajikistan facing oppressive laws. Ask that children of Christian parents will still be able to be built up in their faith despite the restrictions on public worship. And it does get worse than that. Here is uh, Wednesday the 26th, next Wednesday, pray for Nigeria. In our country, death has become a daily meal. This was the lament of Archbishop Matthew Manoso Ndagoso. I practiced this beforehand. It's gone. Ndagoso in Kaduna State, Nigeria. After Vetus Barogo, a church minister, was killed while working on his farm and not killed in an accident, assassinated. The words proved sadly accurate as the very next day in Edo State, another church minister, Christopher Odia, was shot and killed by gunmen as he prepared to lead Sunday worship. Lift up in prayer Nigerian believers for whom death has become their daily meal, asking the Lord would prepare for them a table of blessings in the midst of their enemies. So before you think even of yourself as the widow of this parable, think of the Church of Jesus the church to which you and I belong, which is bigger than just this congregation or this country. This is the widow of the parable, 
facing adversaries, seemingly weak and powerless, suffering, preyed upon and crying out. Hebrews 13.3, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who were ill-treated as if you yourself were suffering. Let us think of ourselves together with these people as the widow, as the members of Christ's chosen ones. Secondly, let's turn to the figure of the judge. God is unlike the unjust judge. He will hear patiently and respond promptly to our prayers for vindication. The unjust judge is badgered into giving justice to the widow. Verses 4 and 5, for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Attack me, literally it's, you know, blacken my eye. (laughs) Give me a good sock in the eye. A fierce lady, obviously, she's giving the impression she's getting more and more serious about justice. And pester power does prevail. But see, God doesn't need to be badgered in the way this judge is, badgered into submission. Jesus' point is God is not like the unjust judge. He is listening. He is sympathetic. He's ready. He's ready to give relief from adversaries. Verse 7, And will not God, by contrast, bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, You'll see that they get justice, and quickly. Well, two questions you might have, and I certainly want to ask, is what justice and how quickly? What justice and how quickly? What justice will God bring about? The prayers in view are prayers for justice, for vindication, for relief from adversaries. Not any old prayers. These are the prayers the Psalms model for us in Psalm 3, 7 say, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. Or Psalm 7, verses 1 and 2 and 6. Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Arise, Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God. Decree justice. The prayer that Jesus gave us to pray teaches us to pray, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. That's the prayer. That's the justice that's being asked for. Not just any prayer, but this prayer. The prayer for the vindication of God's people and the deliverance from their foes. How quickly then will God bring such justice about? Because there are many Christians, are there not? who lose their jobs, who lose their reputation, who lose their property, their loved ones, even their lives from the unjust attacks of adversaries and receive no apparent reconciliation or relief in this world. What then is this parable worth? There are many places where the church is oppressed, persecuted, driven out, reduced to almost nothing. And it doesn't feel like relief comes quickly it seems to us. What is the parable worth? We can note this. Jesus does envisage in telling this parable a period during which perseverance in prayer will be needed. 
And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. There'll be a a period during which it's tempting to give up, to think, oh, nothing's happened and nothing will happen. No, but perseverance in prayer is required. Or in verse 18, 7, Jesus speaks about his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. There's a duration of time where the crying out must go on. And verse 8 of uh, chapter 18, when the Son of Man comes, the question is asked is, will he find faith? Will he find faithfulness, faithfulness in prayer? Will people have persevered through the time necessary of waiting? Quickly does not mean instantly. It means rather without undue delay, without the kinds of delay the unjust judge brings in because he doesn't care. He doesn't have a justification. This is the first thing. Jesus does envisage, even in telling this parable, a period through which perseverance will be required. Here's the second note. God has delivered his people from oppressors. <clears throat> that, um, another organisation that advocates for the persecuted church is Voice of the Martyrs, and that was started in particular when the Iron Curtain was up and Christians behind the Iron Curtain in communist countries were oppressed with all kinds of troubles. And those Voice of the Martyrs newsletters used to be about those countries, but no longer, for the Iron Curtain has come down and the situation has changed. There are, to be sure, still Voice of the Martyrs newsletters with uh, (coughs) prayer points about East Asian communism or Islam in the Middle East or North Africa or Asia, as we heard from Barnabas Fund. So trouble is still around, but in another 20 or 30 years, God willing, there will be relief in many of those places which are now hotspots, even if there is oppression elsewhere. That God has delivered his people from many adversaries through history, from Jewish persecutors in the first century, from Roman persecutors, from Islamic, Hindu, communist, even humanist persecutors, and he will continue to deliver his church. There will continue to be martyrs. The church on earth will ever be the widow oppressed and also the widow vindicated and delivered. God will bring about justice and will do so, of course, fully and finally when the Son of Man comes at Jesus Christ's return. And in view of that coming, Jesus leaves us with a question to challenge us. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faithfulness in prayer for help and justice? Jesus has pointed out to us a treasure. God will bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. And our faith may gaze upon that promise now, But if we are to know its truth in our own experience, we must become those who are his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, who are digging up by prayer the treasure pointed out. We must learn, therefore, to pray. To pray, well, and in particular from what we've heard this morning, I think out of solidarity with the church of God to which we Christians belong, to pray for justice. For God's people to be delivered from their adversaries, for God's kingdom to come. We must pray with persistence. We must be willing to keep at it. 
and not give up if the results aren't instant. We must be willing to pray in hope, believing the promise of God that he will not delay a moment more than is good for us and for his good purposes. Faith prays faithfully. And Jesus seeks such faith in us. So let's ask him for it now. And also let's ask even now for justice for God's chosen ones. Will you pray with me? Father, as we consider your uh, people as a widow with adversaries in the world, seemingly weak, seemingly without help, thrown upon you alone for what she needs in terms of sustenance and justice. We think of believers in other countries that we've heard of here in the sermon this morning and others that we may know of elsewhere. We do want to pray, Lord, for your suffering church, for your chosen ones who cry out to you day and night for justice, that you would grant them justice and quickly, that you would protect and deliver them from their adversaries, that you would send them aid, that you would change hearts and minds and circumstances, that you would deliver them, Lord. And that as they've cried out to you and as we've cried out to you, we would see you come through for them and protect them and deliver them. And we, Lord, we pray that we would be faithful in doing this, looking for your final return when the final justice, the final vindication, the final deliverance will come for all your people ever to be reversed. We ask, Lord, that you would Help us to dig up by faith the treasures you've pointed out to us in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.